Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listing. It's Midday Madness time. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. And the number is 1300 736 736. Open line number 1300 736 736. Anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, jump on the line. We'll have a chat about it. It's brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia, or National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. And we will take a few of your texts as well and read those out during the course of the afternoon. 40 Winks Temper Text 0433981116. If you want to send through a text, 0433981116. Temper, consumer's choice winner, temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. Big lineup of stars to come later on. Uh, Lions star Daniel Rich is going to join me, so we'll have a chat to Daniel. Uh, John O'Wells from the Renegades. Can the Renegades win it? Can they actually win the lot? They're in a reasonably good position and getting some form at the right end. And the big gun teams are going to lose a couple of their players as well. So, you know, Steve Smith's not going to play in the final, etc. We've talked about that quite a bit. So... Well, if you've got a thought, can the Renegades win it? Aaron in Broadmeadows, I know you're already on the line. We'll come to you first up. But one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Essendon played four 15-minute quarters today, as you heard with Josh Jenkins before I came on. Peter Wright, a leg injury. We think it might be a calf, but a leg injury. David King was at Essendon training today, and he was at Carlton training a couple of days ago. So we'll have a chat with Kingy, who's been doing the rounds again about the Bombers and the Blues. A uh, heap of other stuff to get to as well. Obviously, the Australian Open Tennis will keep you in touch with that thanks to the Kia all-electric EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. And a couple of other little side issues as well. The third AFL team in WA. Yeah, I, I know it's probably hard to hear it, but a third AFL team in WA, the West Australian has been spruiking it. Uh, Bunbury and Joondalup councillors have been spruiking it. Uh, obviously, all this comes on the back of will Tassie get the 19th licence or not. But, yeah, to hear the talk about a third WA team is interesting to me and hear that cage being rattled by those in the West. I'm not sure whether it's going to get any traction, but it was interesting to read the article that was written about two days ago. I didn't really give it much thought because I thought it was a little bit of a pie in the sky. But then I kind of heard Jeremy Rockliffe on SEM Breakfast today talking about what if we don't get a 19th team. Um, and there's uh, been a bit of talk about that. I'll play the Jeremy Lock- Rockliffe bit very shortly. But I do want to go to your calls straight away. Heaps to give away today. Signet Boost Power Banks, valued at fifty nine ninety five. Uh, tickets to the Melbourne Beer Fest at Katani Gardens, St Kilda, Saturday 25th of Feb. You can get your tickets for that at www.beerfestivals.com.au uh, and a bottle of Starwood Twofold Double Grain Australian Whiskey thanks to Hairy Dog's Summer of Aussie Spirits, hairydog.com.au. We'll give all that away in the opening hour of the program. Uh, Aaron in Broadmeadows, you've been holding for a while, so I better get to you. one 736 if you want to join the queue. Welcome to you. Yeah, good afternoon. I just think it's extraordinary that today we've got a BBL game starting at one forty on a work day, and then tomorrow on Australia Day, which is traditionally a really big day for cricket, there's no international men's cricket on, and there's no domestic cricket on. It's, I just think it's absolutely bizarre scheduling. Well, I think they wanted to save that for a for a isolated game for the women to be the prime time main event tomorrow. So that's what they were, I think, for scheduling. 
what they were thinking. It is a bit weird today. We do have two games today, and we'll keep you in touch with what's happening. So one forty, early start, Hobart Hurricanes, Brisbane Heat, and then Melbourne Stars and Sydney Thunder in the late game. But did they deliberately not schedule a game uh, of BBL tomorrow, given that they thought it might have been controversial, given how controversial it has been for the women's game to be scheduled tomorrow on what is still called Australia Day and is still a holiday that might change and hopefully make it not controversial at all down the track. Because, uh, as I said a few days ago, we, we've always had sport played on January 26 in this country. So there's, there's always going to be sport played on January 26. Now, they can change the holiday, not call it Australia Day, but the Australian Open's always going to be played. We've always had basketball played, the NBL have um, have played on the 26th of January for a long, long period of time, and it's called Pride Round for their game tomorrow. And uh, there's a, there's an A-League game, big A-League game on tomorrow as well, but it's multicultural day for Melbourne Victory, their first home game with crowds tomorrow night. So multicultural night versus Sydney FC. Uh, no doubt there'll be plenty of security there. It's their first game back with crowds. Are you going to that, by the way? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Yeah, so it is... It is strange, Aaron, but maybe there's method in their thinking that they wanted to give the women a slot of their own. Surely, though, it's, uh, there's better ways to promote women's cricket than um, hiding the men's cricket, surely. Yeah, um, it is difficult. The AFL faces the same dilemma. Uh, if you overlap it, is it going to take away uh, the headlines that might come from tomorrow's game's performances, at least are headlines on their own. So if they play tomorrow and you don't have you know, Aaron Finch knocking up 99 or something tomorrow, then you're not going to have the Aaron Finch 99 or Steve Smith 100 or whatever it might be if they scheduled a BBL game on tomorrow, overshadowing it. But on the surface of it, I don't mind having the women getting an opportunity to have their own day of cricket in isolation away from the men. A bit like I do support the AFL women having an opportunity to have their own slot of a season as opposed to playing, you know, side by side with the men. But you raise an interesting point. Aaron, because it did, uh, we, I talked about it on this program almost a week ago when the scheduling for the BBL caught my eye, the fact that there's a lot of sport being played on the 26th of January, if you want to call it that, um, but no BBL. I appreciate your call, and hold the line, we'll send you down to the Melbourne Beer Fest at Katani Gardens, St Kilda, Saturday 25th of Feb. Tickets from www.beerfestivals.com.au. If you've got a thought, you can jump on the line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I mentioned Tassie, and I mentioned this article in the West Australian about a, a third WA team, either out of Bunbury or Joondalup. Here's what Jeremy Rockliffe, the Tasmanian Premier, had to say on SEM Breakfast today about the worry if a 19th team doesn't get given to Tassie now, what that might mean. We need to bring it home for AFL, the, the code. Um, you know, it's a crossroads, really, Julian and Simon. We don't get this at 19th team. I worry about the future of the game in Tasmania. And when you consider the legends that we've had from Tassie, I've mentioned one of them, um, you know, making the national competition truly great, VFL, AFL, AFLW. Uh, now, of course, um, it's time. Jeremy Rockliffe on SEM Breakfast earlier today. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. It's Midday Madness. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. Keep your texts coming through. I'll read a heap out after the break as well. David King to join us after one, but your calls all the way through until then. You're with Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. 
Boys, great to have your company for Dwayne's Bells. Great back to your calls for Midday Madness. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The open line number. David in Ballarat. Welcome to you, David. Big build-up, David. Are you there or are you gone? You might be gone. Dean in Reservoir. Are you there, Dean? Welcome to you. Yeah, Dwayne. Look, I was just uh, said to your producer, I've been watching a bit of the BBL this season. And, um, you know, the second team that bats, or the second innings, uh, if they, you know, obviously win the game within the 20 over runs, the game's over. Robbing some uh, players of uh, milestone um, 50s or 100s. What do you think about just running out? Each team bats out 20, and then that goes to your runs for, runs against. That's an interesting thought, Dean. So you'd sort of have a lot of dead rubber balls if the game ended after... Yeah, seventeen overs. Yeah, but but uh, it, it'll go to your uh, run difference. So the bowling team would want to make sure that they don't get scored heavily against. Batting team can go out and actually smack around a, a bit more and, and make it a bit more entertaining for the for the uh, for the crowd that's there. Yeah, do you think the team that's bowling would protect their key bowlers and just let a couple of part timers trundle a couple down rather than um, force their key guys to? Add another one to their load? Well, I guess it goes down to their uh, run rate difference. Yeah. If, if, you, if, if the team's willing to risk that, then see, that may be the case. If uh, the team's not, which I doubt, if it gets close to finals, uh, you know, who's playing in, in the finals, then that goes to different. It's same, same with the AFL. You, it goes down on the... Uh, you have your, your win-loss and then you're uh, for and against. Yeah, your percentage... Yeah, it's a reasonable lateral thought, actually. Dean, let me chew over that one for a while. And if you've got a thought on the text or you want to give us a call on Dean's idea, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or send through a text 0433981116 on the temper text machine. Hold the line. Got something for you, Dean, for that little left field one. A Signet Boost power bank valued at fifty nine ninety five. Signet Boost power banks will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. David in Ballarat is on the line. Welcome to you, David. Yeah, sorry about that before. Um, That's all right. Now, I've been a big advocate for a while of having 20 teams. Now, the reason why I couldn't go back to uh, one one uh, playing each other once was because there wasn't enough games for the, for the television people. They only had just over 150 games in the, in the home and away season. So if you go to 20 teams, you'll have 190, which I think is, at the moment, it's about 198. So it will be pretty similar. Um, and I just think it'd make a nice even number as well. Now, whether you have it in Western Australia, I, I would have hoped you might have had one in the Northern Territory, but that may, that may be financially unviable. But anyway, if we get Tassie in, we need a 20th. Yeah, I agree with you, David, and that's why they're rattling this cage in Perth. They're kind of getting ahead of the game. It might be, you know, I was um, Glenn Quartermain who wrote the article in the West Australian, if you want to read it, but uh, they are rattling that cage if there is a 20th team required that they should be considered as opposed to Northern Territory. Now, the Territory does sound like the obvious place to have it, but how many teams are the AFL going to have to fund? Because they aren't all financially viable now. In an 18-team comp, Tassie's going to have some difficulties, we know, but it's a, I think it's a funding worth doing because sometimes you've got to invest in growth, and that's exactly what the AFL has done, investing, investing in the growth in uh, Western Sydney with the Giants and investing in the growth in Queensland with the Suns. I think they're doing 
a great job in, in working out how to invest in growth in Tassie with the help of the two governments and getting the infrastructure there at Macquarie Point to make sure it's not just about a, an AFL team being plonked down there to play out of Blunston, but it's about developing Tasmanian football, developing Hobart, and the government will offer, the way that we're looking, the money to develop Macquarie Point as a beautiful part of Tasmania that's going to be used in many different ways as opposed to um, just offering a cheque to the AFL to help with their team that's based out of Blunston. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. A 20th team out of the Territory just makes so much more sense to all of us. But whether it's financially viable, it might be in, you know, 2030, which is probably when we're looking. I mean, Tasmania probably won't come in until 2028. So if you wait three years with a 19-team comp, then we get 20 teams. And I agree with you, on the back of 20 teams, you could play each other once, have an extended final series. I think if you've got 20 teams, you wouldn't just have an eight. You'd probably have a 10. You'd have some sort of play-in tournament as well. So I think it would be, I think it would be a great idea to have it. It just depends on you know, what the territory looks like and whether the government money would actually build a stadium there as well. They would divide their time, a bit like Tasmania is going to do between Hobart and Launceston. You would presume they'd divide their time between playing games in Alice and playing games in Darwin, and that might be a a 7-4 split, but it would be a great idea if the governments and everyone could get behind it in terms of the growth factor it would offer for those two markets. I appreciate your call, David. Hold the line. Got something for you as well. You've got a Brick Lane... Brewing voucher, Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale, perfect for all occasions, and the ultimate crowd pleaser, but drink responsibly. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number if you've got a thought on any of this. One here, I thought Dean's idea was ridiculous until he used the AFL example. It may have some merit, but I think the team who has lost already will lay down tools. Daniel, yeah, that was my initial feel. I think that they might lay down tools, not just a feel, it's a bit of a fear. As well. I want to hear Dean's suggestion is the most ridiculous ever. Once the game is over, it's over. Just a lateral thought. That's the beauty of um, the program, I suppose, to have an opportunity to put your point across on any sport and your thought on something you've been thinking about for a while. Um, that's why I love doing the show. Sometimes, well, quite often, we have callers think about stuff that I haven't even given any thought, and some of them end up getting up. Uh, the side who has already lost will not give a rat's toss bag about the rest of the game. Thanks for that as well. And yes, there is that. Uh, Glenn Cairns, uh, if a team gets bowled out before 20 overs, which batters actually bat out the remaining overs? Um, Thunder, for example, bowled out for 15. Uh, yeah, that's a good point as well. A couple of other texts that have come through. Keep your texts coming through 04-33-98-11-16. Uh, absolutely no chance for a third WA team. It's not as though they're dominating two flags in the 21st century. And Freo, I've never Doctor Premiership. If anything, a second team in Victoria's West to put an end to Geelong's 20-year domination. Uh, thanks for that. I don't think we'll be getting a second team in Geelong. We might, or they might, get a BBL team in Geelong in time. They might even get, well, they won't get an NBL team because the next NBL expansion team is going to be in one of the cities on the edges of Sydney. That's almost certain, you would think, if not uh, a Canberra NBL team. Bring the Cannons back. Um, hey, Dwayne. Uh, interested, RE News, possible third team from WA will be interested where the third team would draw their supporter base. The Eagles are huge and the Dockers have great support. Not sure a third team would be viable. Susan, well, according to the article written by Glenn Quartermain in the West Australian, there is talk that there are quite a few West Australians in 
Bunbury and Joondalup, who haven't necessarily aligned themselves with one of the two current teams, which is a surprise to me. I can't believe you'd be in WA and not have aligned yourself just yet. There's a lot of Port Adelaide, ex-Port Adelaide supporters who barrack for the Crows now because as soon as the Crows came in, they wanted to barrack for an AFL team and the Crows represented the whole state for a number of years. So Port Adelaide have never got them back. Um, and it's fair enough. They've locked onto the Crows, and that's where their passion lies now. Uh, hey, Dwayne, it's called Australia Day. Yes, I know it is, and it will continue to be called Australia Day, you would think, uh, for a little while, unless the major change is made, and then we'll end up having what most sports have right now, and that is that they schedule sport on January 26th in this country, uh, but not call it the Australia Day game. So... I can see that happening down the track. How long down the track, I'm not sure, but I think there is going to be a time when we don't, when we have the holiday on a different day and we have Australia Day or a day of celebration on a completely different day to January 26th. But there'll always be sport on the 26th and if you're Indigenous, you will have to make a choice. If you're playing, if you're an Indigenous tennis star playing in the Australian Open, would you ask Craig Tiley or would you hope Craig Tiley didn't schedule you on the 26th because the 26th, is a date that we've always played the Australian Open in this country. And another one here on the tennis. Uh, hey, Dwayne, are Australian flags allowed at the tennis tomorrow? Or have they been banished uh, as not to encourage celebration of the day? No, you can still celebrate it. And I think everyone's free to assess Australia Day as they want to assess it. And that's why it's become such a divisive topic. But I don't think they'll be banning Australian flags tomorrow. Take a break. You were Dwayne's Midday company for Dwayne's board for Midday Madness. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. And the number is 1300 736 736. The open line number 1300 736 736. It's brought to us by And You can drop down and see the team at Werribee They'd love to see you. David, Janan, Aid, Jim, the whole team are down there. They've got a huge new and used car stock down at Werribee getting new stock all the time. So drop down and say hello. Uh, a couple other texts that have come through. Net run rates are already factored in under the current format when games finish early. No chance or need to alter it. Thanks for that. And another one here. Hello, Dwayne. I enjoy your show. Let me get this right as I nearly ran off the Tullamarine Freeway. Did I just see you say we will have a 10? Are you serious? Question in the game about uh, what it's all about money. In the end, if we have a top 10, the most idiotic thing I've ever heard, Bill from Reservoir. Well, Bill, I think if we have a... 20-team competition, I think that there will be so many dead rubbers at the end of the home and away games if we don't have an opportunity for those that are sitting 13, 14, 12, 11 on the ladder to be able to make the finals or the playoffs. So I think you would have to have a 10. That's just my thinking, just my opinion, if you had a 20-team comp. Now, at the moment, we've got an 8 um, so it's a little less than half that make it. I get that. So maybe you'd come up with a formula for a nine. I'm not sure. But I don't think you'd have the current eight format. And as a caller previously said, if everyone's playing each other once in a 20-team uh, competition, you will need to have extra games for the broadcaster. Now, you might play an extra round, perhaps, like a rivalry round where you do get a second showdown and a second derby. I think that's probably unlikely because it would be nice and even if you just played each other once in a 20-team comp. 
But I think an extended final series would be a no-brainer. But if you've got a thought on that, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number or send through a text 0433981116. David King to join us out at 1 o'clock. So looking forward to having a chat to Kingy. He was at Essendon training today. Peter Wright's got a leg injury from training today. They played, from what I understand, four 15-minute quarters. So Kingy, to give us the latest from that, he was also at Carlton a couple of days ago. So looking forward to having a chat about the Blues with him as well. Also got uh, Steph Miles is going to join us to talk some tennis later on. So we'll keep you updated with what happens across the Australian Open, thanks to the Kia All-Electric EV6 GT Supercar, a pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. And Daniel Rich also to join me later in the program. So the Lion Gun is going to join us. He's got some experience. We'll ask him about how Jack Gunston and Josh Dunkley have settled in. They've also got Connor McKenna now at the line, so they've added a bit over summer. Not just those experienced guys, but they've got the best young kid in the country, Will Ashcroft. Jasper Fletcher, um, quite a bit to have a chat to Daniel Rich about as well. So we'll do that later on. But your calls for Midday Madness, one three hundred seven three six seven three six continues after the break. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Grab out your calls for Midday Madness, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you'd like to join us, John in Griffith has given us a call. Welcome to you, John. Yeah, okay, John. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. I don't actually. I've been thinking of a Brisbane Lions tragic and pretty part of that season. Um, I was just obviously querying how they got McKenna in and even Darcy Wilmer on his way up. I just start to wonder where Daniel Richard actually fit in the side. I love the guy. He's a bit—he's on the slow side. His kicks are phenomenal, but where do you reckon he fits in? That's the part I've been struggling to get through my head. I think you need a couple of wise controllers in defence. I think his skill set's still pretty good. Now, I think he turns 33 this year, so he is getting on a bit. Um, but I, I think you need a couple of guys who are um, wise and good ball users and great leaders. To if you've got a couple of young guys around you to be able to make sure that, you know, everything is structured up correctly. They won't have Marcus Adams this year because he's got the concussion issue. Harris Andrews, obviously, is a fairly mature guy who's been around a long time. You know, Gardner's been around a long time too. But if they're going to put a couple of young guys in, um, yeah, it's, it does. It's a pretty hard, hard team to get into, John Wink, consider who's actually coming into that team. Yeah, I reckon you still got me doing yeah. Yeah, sorry, mate. I, I just wonder, I think we, we get found out the pace in, the, in our backline. Um, and I think, you know, Daniel Rich is the slowest in that backline. And, and now Kitty Coleman also got a, an amazing boot. So I just, you know, like I said, I, I, I just wonder if we're we just going to be sticking with Richie because he's, he's reliable to him or does he have a place mm. to be available? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, John. I won't be asking him whether he's too old, but uh, it's an interesting question you throw up. But they do have, well, guys that will come into their team, uh, Gunston, Dunkley, McKenna. Uh, will Ashcroft will probably get an early start. He's a pretty good kid, so you can see him coming in. But you're right about Kadeen Coleman. I've also got to work out um, the, where Jasper Fletcher, if he gets a go, uh, ends up playing. You know, they didn't have Hipwood and Joe Danaher for a lot of the season. Last year, Charlie Cameron won the goal kicking with 54. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting thought, John. I appreciate your call. Um, yeah, it's 
Brisbane are, are up there as the premiership favourite for mine with Melbourne. And I talked about Melbourne last week about the fact that I think it's been a, a great idea to add Brody Grundy and make it the Grundy-Max Gorn show. But to be honest, and Max Gorn trained today for those unaware, but if Max, this is a great insurance policy as well. The, the recruitment of Grundy uh, four days ago was like a, it was a, what a phenomenal idea. It almost paid its dividend straight away because you thought, okay, well, if they didn't have Grundy and Max Gorn went down with a hamstring that was a, a bad one, You'd be wondering, well, where, where does that leave Melbourne? You've just lost Luke Jackson. But the fact that they've got Brody Grundy from Collingwood meant that when Max Gorn got a hamstring, all you were thinking was, oh, well, Grundy will have to ruck one out for a little while and Max Gorn can take his way, take his time getting back. And that's the perfect scenario. So it's almost paid off already having Brody Grundy at the club. Uh, thanks for your call. A couple of texts that have come through, one from George. There's no one on earth. A true Port Adelaide supporter would support the Crows, especially after Port Power made it into the AFL. There has been a few that haven't come back. Um, Dwayne, I think the only reason you want 10 teams to make the finals is because you work for one of the broadcasters. Um, yeah, well, it's not... It, it's actually money into the game. So if you have less games being played, if you only have a 20-team competition that plays everyone once and you have an eight, you've got less games. And less games means less money into the game and less money into the games means less pay for the players, and I don't think we want less games. I mean, I'd like more games. I'm really excited with the fact that we've got a whole round more of games coming up this year. We're getting a 23rd game per team this year. What a dream that is. I'd be more than happy if we had a 25-game season, to be honest. 24, 25, 26-game season. And when you consider where we're at right now in terms of money, and if you've got a thought on this, you can't constrict the AFL. You have to continue to expand it and grow it, the money in other sports at the moment is ridiculous. I mean, if you're a kid right now, if you're a 13, 14, 15-year-old kid, and you're thinking of playing a sport that might end up being your go professionally for a career, what are you choosing right now? I mean, Cam Green, IPL money, 23 years of age, Cam Green, $3 million, $3 million Australian dollars for two months' work. Pat Cummins earned $3 million playing in the 2020 IPL season. Glenn Maxwell earned... Two and a half million Australian dollars in 2021 for a short IPL season. There's women's IPL about to be announced. So female cricketers are about to be earning a million dollars an IPL season as well. So the money luring sports people away from AFL is huge now. On golf, the live money is crazy, but it's real. I mean, Phil Mickelson's getting, what, 200 million? I think Dustin Johnson reportedly earned $36 million in one live golf season. You can win $6 million a week playing live golf. So no wonder Cam Smith couldn't say no. I mean, look at any other sport. Tennis at the moment. The Australian Open singles champion at this year's Australian Open takes home $3 million. So $3 million for the male and $3 million for the female winner. So, you know, if you're, if you're 200th in the world in tennis at the moment and you're a first-round loser at a Grand Slam, you get 100000 So, you know, they're just a couple of sports. I mean, I could rattle off a heap of them. I think Cristiano Ronaldo reportedly getting, well, let me have a quick check here, but it's something like $600 million to play in Saudi Arabia. So, you know, soccer's always, so AFL's got to keep up somehow. And if you constrict it, if you bring it back, then that's less money and less opportunity for the players to earn in our game. But anyway, if you've got a thought on that, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number because every other sport is exploding right now when it comes to international sport with money. Uh, Mike Trout, 
$426 million US dollar deal a few years ago. So Mike Trout in baseball, $426 million. So Lance Franklin, given that's around $500 million Australian dollars, Lance Franklin would have to play 500 AFL seasons to earn that. We'll take a break. More after this. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. So what are your kids playing if they're 13, 14, 15? Uh, you heard my little rant breathe ad. There are other sports throwing a lot of money. When you read it in figures, uh, there are a lot of sports throwing money at uh, the people that play those sports these days to try and win them over. Golf, tennis, baseball, NFL. Huge in the NFL. I mean, quarterbacks get $50 million a season in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers... Tom Brady, Steph Curry in the NBA gets, and LeBron, they get about $50 million a year. Our little sport of AFL here is in danger of dropping off the pace when it comes to how much money is being paid and kids taking up the sport, maybe given a lot of kids do have aspirations to be professional. Um, and it's international sport, so yeah, you can't compete, but you can stay in the ball game, maybe. Uh, a couple of texts coming through. Uh, Dwayne, who would want to move to Alice Springs where there's so many issues? Uh, well, we're talking 2030, so we're talking issues in Alice Springs that obviously are trying to get sorted now, but we're talking a 20th team in Alice Springs and Darwin for the greatness of the growth of the national competition and the greatness of the growth of football and sport and opportunity in the Territory, and you'd think by 2030 we might be able to be in a position where a 20th team could come out of the Territory. That's my thinking, and yes, obviously there's issues right now. Um, Dwayne, absolutely correct. More games. We have starved of the AFL over summer, and most followers want more games. Yes, Tyson from Essendon, and that's where I'm at. Uh, there's one here on the text that the amount of games doesn't equate to the amount of money coming into the game. Well, it does for the broadcaster. Um, the broadcaster does look at how many games they get for their money, and if you're getting more games, you can probably ask for more from the broadcaster. And if you're getting less games, then you might end up having to cope with less. Uh, Big result in the women's with Magda Lynette just beating Carolina Pliskova. So Carolina Pliskova is out. Lynette winning in straight sets in the women's in the opening match on Rod Laver Arena. So today, Ben Shelton and Tommy Paul, two unseeded Americans playing. Tonight, Novak Djokovic and Andre Rublev, the fourth seed up against the fifth seed. So that should be a good one tonight for us all to watch on the TV, and Elena uh, Robakina and Victoria Azarenka playing tomorrow, and Stefanos Sissipas and Karen Kachinov playing tomorrow in the men's and women's. That's what's on the agenda, and we'll talk some tennis at length a little later on for the Kia All-Electric EV6 GT Supercar, a pinnacle of engineering, Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Still a couple of things to give away before the 1 o'clock news. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. A bottle of Starwood Twofold Double Grain Australian Whiskey. Thanks to Hairy Dog Summer of Aussie Spirits. HairyDog.com.au and a voucher. Thanks to Jimmy Brings. Jimmy Brings delivers wine, beer, and spirits in minutes. Get Jimmy when you need a bevy. You can send through your texts. I'm reading a heap of them out today, obviously. But it's Talkback Radio. I'd rather have a chat to you. David King is going to have a chat to me after one o'clock. He was at Essendon training today, so looking forward to having a chat too. King a little bit later on, but back to your calls and texts, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. that open line number. Uh, hi, Dwayne, listening to you on the app from the Thai-Cambodian border. My two bob on the cricket, too many formats. Gradually merge one day as, 
and 2020 into 2020, 2020. A lot fairer if you bat twice and keep Test Cricket the pinnacle. Go dogs for 2023. Thanks for your text. Good to have you listening on the app. Uh, that's why I say ridiculously in some people's eyes. Great to have your company wherever you're listening around the planet. Uh, what time is Kingy on? Well, 1 o'clock. So he's joining me at one at 5 past 1. Uh, a bit of a story from Essendon today with Peter Wright having a leg injury. So we'll check the latest out with Kingy on that. And one here from Paul. Please explain to me as though I'm an eight-year-old, as though I'm an eight-year-old, while we actually do have this extra round being played in Adelaide, in South Australia, etc. Is it what they need extra money or is it to say, sorry, we didn't get any grand final South Australia or the TV people wanted more stuff? Please explain to me, Paul. Um, well, Paul, I would suggest don't listen to state-biased conspiracy theories. I grew up, I was an eight-year-old in Adelaide. I grew up in Adelaide. I think it's just that the AFL and most people would like more football. And another round, I think, is a great thing. It gives us that. Uh, I'd suggest in SA you embrace it, uh, celebrate it, and not try and look at it for reasons to doubt its legitimacy. That's where I am on it. It's more footy. Come on. Enjoy it. And you've got it in Adelaide. So South Australia gets a chance to host this festival of football. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be something I'd be poo-pooing if I was still living in Adelaide like I did for the first 21 years of my life. Uh, a couple of things that were said on the program yesterday I also wanted to bring you to your attention. Um, one was Brett Montgomery talking about Toby Green forward. He said that Toby Green's going to stay forward all year. A couple of these mid-sized star forward midfielders have been running into the midfield and not playing forward as much. And given that there's going to be more fast movement of the ball this year, and given that there are going to be entries into the 50 quicker this year, it might be interesting to see if a few of these teams that have players like Jordan Dugowie, Dustin Martin, Toby Green, uh, like Melbourne do with Bailey Fritch, play them as permanent forwards and don't send them out of the scoring zone all that often. Here's what Brent Montgomery, new assistant coach, at the Giants had to say yesterday on this program about Toby Green. No, he'll be a forward in 2023. I think Toby is no doubt in the conversation, Dwayne, as being one of the best players in the competition. Now, I know that at times can be quite controversial, but I think that's mainly as a forward. Yeah. Just because he has the ability to go inside and, and do some magical things and uh, change momentum of, of games, no doubt. I see him as a forward and I think Adam does the same. So it would be exciting if that happened in the season just gone, 2022, we had four goal kickers in the 60s. Tom Hawkins was 67, Jeremy Cameron, 65, Charlie Curnow, 64, Tom Lentz, 63. So everyone else was in the 50s. The year before, we only had one goal kicker in the 60s. It was Tom Hawkins. Again, everyone else was in the 50s. Um, a few years ago, we did have a couple of guys kicking in the 70s. Uh, Jeremy Cameron, 76. Jack Rewalt kicked 70. Um, in 2018, Cameron kicked his 76 in 2019. Lance Franklin, 2017, kicked 73. So we do have an extra round of footy this year. We've got an extra game per team. And if we do have guys playing permanently forward more often that are goal-kicking stars, then maybe we will get a larger number kicked. I'm not suggesting we'll get 100 kicked again, but maybe we're going to get back to the 80 realm. An extra game for the players this year and that could be exactly what we're after, trying to get those guys that might threaten at least to get near 100 again. Brendan in Donvar, welcome to you. Brendan, you were at Carlton training? Yes, I know King is going to be on shortly with the uh, Carlton are looking 
tip-top and ready to go for round one. Uh, Charlie Kerno, uh, Harry Mackay, all the lads, and a bit of a smoky Alex Murkov, the two-metre, I guess, backup ruckman. Uh, I'll put him in for a, his debut match sometime in 2023, so keep an eye out for him. So you watched him at training. I'll ask Kingy because Kingy was there as well. You saw him in action, and they looked like yeah. they were going to... He was, he was running running lots of laps, but boy, he looks fit. The big boy, and I've watched him in the VF last year, but I reckon this is his year. So is he going to be the ruckman that pushes Mark Pitt on it out? Who's going, where's he going to play? Well, I, I'd say ruck, of course, but just as an insurance policy, perhaps, perhaps, dare I say, going into the finals, giving a player a... Then we're just losing you there, but look, it would be hard to... I don't think you could play a young ruckman like that who isn't proven and Mark Pitonet, so you're probably going to have to you know, pick which one you go with. But it would be nice to see another young, exciting guys uh, coming through at Carlton. I mean, it is a, it's an amazing world we live in. Isaac Heaney was on the program well, two days ago. He, there's a lot of people that think the Swans have the best kids, and maybe they do, the Swans. But there is this situation where I think if you've got a great team with great stability and a great culture. You've had your one coach for ages, and he's a great coach. You've had you know, leaders around the club that have been great leaders for ages. It does feed into, I think, fast-tracking good youth. And I think the clubs that don't do it well don't fast-track their youth as well. That's why I do think the Sydney Swans have got a, got a lot of good young kids. That's why Geelong, all of a sudden, Max Holmes... De Koning, I mean, they've got some good young kids. A couple of years ago, everyone was saying, oh, Geelong's got no good kids. They're, not going, they're going to fall off the, off the perch. They'll fall off the edge of the cliff, Geelong. But they've got some good kids, and maybe it is partly the culture and the stability of the club. Anyway, um, your calls, your texts, keep them coming. 0433981116 on the temper text machine. Don't forget, later on the program as well, together with Maccas, we'll give you and a mate the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test, India v Australia in Feb. Thanks to Maccas, all you have to do is be crowned the last fan standing each weekday in summer breakfast. And on Dwayne's World, we'll give 11 questions, cricket questions, they will be, answer correctly, and you keep going. Uh, incorrect and you're out. We'll take the next call of the last fan standing after the 11th question. We'll have the chance to win on Monday, Jan 30, and be the last fan standing and win for yourself. Flights for you and a mate to Delhi, five nights premium five-star accommodation, Go to a sports lunch with the SEN commentary team. Corporate hospitality at the cricket. $1,000 spending money to go with it. All thanks to Maccas. That's coming up in about an hour and a bit from now. David King after the news. And Daniel Rich, not far away, to talk more footy. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Thanks for joining me for Dwayne's World and for Midday of Madness. We'll head back to your calls shortly. So 1-300-736-736, the open line, brought to us by Werribee Kia. Head back to your calls and text very shortly on 1-300-736-736. We'll bring you another tennis update as well, thanks to the Kia all-electric EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted but David King's been good enough to join me the Fox footy and SEN guru who's been watching the teams on the track especially in Victoria I don't think he's gotten a bird just yet and uh, flown into state although I'm heading to Hobart to do this show from there on Monday so looking forward to doing the show from Hobart on Monday if you're listening to this in Tassie looking forward to seeing you in Hobart and uh, hopefully have some more 
uh, information on whether the Tassie 19th licence is going to get up. But David King has been good enough to give us some of his time on his way home from Essendon training. Welcome to you, Kingy. Great to have you back. Oh, the seafood's in real danger down there in Hobart next week, if that's the case. Scallop pie? Oh, the lot. You can't go wrong down there. The oysters are amazing. You can't. Apparently the steak goes all right too, but... uh, um, yeah, I'll, I'll put a I'll put a wage, wage on Hutchie's budget. Um, there was uh, a little bit of uh, meat go astray today. Was there? Was there a calf popped by Peter Wright today, King? What's the latest? It, well, yeah, it happened early. He did cracked a, crashed into a big pack at full forward as you'd expect. He's a very competitive beast, a big man, and uh, hobbled from the track. Looked like he'd, he'd suffered some sort of calf strain. Um, I think the club put out something saying it was a calf awareness. I'm not sure what. Yeah. Not sure what awareness means these days, but uh, certainly there's a setback there, which is, is a is a real blow when you look at their forward stocks, their tall forward stocks at the moment, because obviously um, there's there's no Harrison Jones on the track at the minute. He's he's, he's building his way back through the, the rehab group. Um, not sure whether Zach Reed's going to play forward or back this year, but he's not out there at the moment. Nick Cox didn't train, so in terms of tall forward targets, Weedman was on the sidelines as well. I think he's coming back from a a quad strain. So they're down on, on tall stocks forward of centre. Um, we know string is a good target and all those sorts of things, but it's going to make uh, the start to the season a bit of a challenge for the, for the tall targets forward of centre for those midfielders, um, you know, cutting forward. In fact, big bodies in general, because in defence they've got an issue as well, haven't they, Kingy? Uh, Stewart didn't train today. He's probably their big body defender. Um, they've got enough of those I guess they're just undersized intercept mark types um, can you get away with those you know Laverde and Ridley and mm. are, they, are they do they have enough size to cope against the absolute big boppers and when you look around the competition at the moment you'd, have, you'd probably have to say no because guys like Mackay um, Tom Hawkins they're seriously big now you know you, you know, your Rory Lobb types I mean they're, they're just so difficult when you're giving away, you know, six to eight inches against those guys or even four to five inches against those guys, it just becomes very difficult to compete. So they're probably lied on at both ends given the injury uh, crisis at the moment. And I had a caller the other day and we debated it a bit whether or not Essendon can turn their maybe more mobile defence, their lighter defence into a weapon. Um, what did you ascertain from style today as to where Essendon might be able to improve under their new coach? Just looks like a lot more kicking, a lot more um, switching of the ball. There's, there's, there's a little bit of a um, bit more. It looked like there was a bit more control in the Essendon game plan than what I'd seen around the competition. You know, from those teams training in Melbourne at the moment. Um, of course, you don't get all the answers. They're, they're one-off sessions, so it's, I'm not going to make any massive statements today. But it just looked like it was take your time, be a bit more patient with the ball, and allow that defence to get set. You know, they probably have to play the territory game given that lack of size um, down back that we've just spoken about. So they move really well. Shield was very good. He had Jake Stringer. I know he has his, his detractors, and he, he never may, he's maybe not going to launch any men for all seasons calendars you know, this week or during most pre-seasons, but, geez, effective. He would have had seven or eight shots of goal today. Not sure what he finished with. Probably you know, three or four goals, but he, he just was a constant forward of centre. There's a couple of the younger players... Uh, really showed some signs. I thought uh, Alwyn Davey was very good uh, forward of centre. Um, good to see, you know, the young... The, I think they're, they're, 
their picks that they've taken with those uh, mid-season selections or the last man on list type, um, you know, the supplementary selections, mm. they've, they've just done it. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about Martin. We've talked enough about um, uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio. Uh, those types of guys, Durham, they, they play so well in, the, in these matches. They really set them up today. But Lord Zach Merritt was a standout, as you'd expect. His kicking's a feature. Um, so there's, there's a lot to like about what they're doing. They gave Hobbs and Perkins primetime exposure in the midfield, so you'd think that that's going to be a future, the future of that uh, that uh, midfield core. Uh, Heppel was on a wing, which was interesting. I'm just not sure okay. where he's going to find a spot in this team. Captain, uh, any indicator who was vocal today? No, not really. I, I, look, it's, it's a hard one to, to work out whether they will do anything with the captaincy. I, I, have they made a comment there at all? One, I haven't heard. No, I haven't heard them no. say that they're necessarily replacing Dyson. I, I don't know if that's on the cards or not. Hmm. So Hobbs, Cox, if he's fit, Jones, Cox, Perkins. Cox didn't train today. He's off the track. Yep. He didn't see him there. Didn't see him in the rehab groups. So I'm not sure where he is, Dwayne, hmm. which is a, which is a bit of a concern. They do have some reasonable young kids, and with a a fresh coach, Brad Scott, maybe they can you know have that fast track. Season, but you're right. I mean, they needed at both ends. Is there possibility that we could have Jake Stringer's best ever year if, if he is fit, regardless of whether you know he looks like he's you know cut or not? If he can have an injury for a year and a consistent year, then it's a different Essendon, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I'm just having a, I'm just having a quick look through. I just think he's had this tendency over the last six or seven seasons to miss blocks of football. Yeah, like he missed a block of four games last year a block of two games, and was, was a scratching for the start of the season. He missed three games in 2021. He missed half a dozen games in 2020. He missed four games in 19. So, look, he's starting to miss a bit of football, and I know this has been a frustration for Jake. I mean, he's, he's, he's such a dynamic player, both in the, in at centre bounces and forward of centre. They just need 23 games out of this young man, in, you know, this season to to really maximise what, what he can be and what they can be in terms of their scoring forward of centre because everything seems to go through Jake. Um, so it, it's another big year for him. I think we talk about Jake more than any other Essendon player, yeah. but yeah, he, he was he was one that really that really stood out. There was a wild card there today, Dwayne. Don't know enough about this young guy, but I'm going to I'm going to start uh, start ha- having a, a look at him. Is the young guy Jai McKenzie who was sorry Jai Menzi. Yeah, from uh, from South Australia, he he was picked up in the the mid season uh, draft last year. He was very good forward of centre as a as an undersized, almost pseudo full forward, 180 centimetres. Did really well. Did some classy things today. Maybe he's a name that you might see early this season. Yeah, I think he kicked a few goals according to uh, on the text here. Taggy from Aspenvale, who might have been there. Was there a good crowd in? Always a good crowd out at the Bombers. Always yep. a good crowd out there. And, uh, yeah, you can see why. It was a very attractive session. There's a lot to like about you know, how they look, particularly this time of year with their ball movement being so slick um, with the quality of play they've got in there. But, as you say, it's, it's, just a, it's just a watch to see how it all comes together. And they had to throw Draper forward of centre there for the you know the last two quarters of, of the match sim and he actually looked quite good down there but I'm, you know I don't know how viable that is against against good quality opposition key backs and did you lay any hip and shoulders or cop any uh, at all today down there uh, can you 
<laughs> I saw the coach down there. You know, he's uh, he was hands on. He was he was involved today. No, I, I keep well away, Dwayne. Keep my distance. It's too early for sparring. Nah, round eight. That's when we're looking forward to it. Um, all right, Carlton. You saw them a couple of days ago. What did you make of the Blues? Uh, like what they're doing. Yeah, like what they're doing. I just put something up on Twitter, which always gets a little bit of feedback. Not not all positive, as you know, Dwayne. But, <laughs> a couple of standouts. I thought young Jesse Motlop was terrific. Um, what he does is, is just so clean. Um, you, you just you know that he's he's prepared himself beautifully for a for, for a big season. Um, Chera went head to head with Cripps there on occasion and nailed him in a couple of big tackles. So I, I like where Chera sits. I mean, we know these guys, some of these midfielders. There's, there's no surprise, but I think that the. You know, the player of the session was Mitch McGovern. He he, he right. intercept marked everything. He looked terrific across half back. He looked super fit. Uh, Weedering, McGovern, um, Young down back, and then he's just got the whippets. You know, they had full speed going from Williams, who hasn't missed a session all preseason, and this is the, this is the Zach Williams that they looked for. That dynamic, you know, slicing through the the absolute core or corridor of the ground. Uh, Saad doing what he does on the other half-back flank, Doherty into the midfield. Um, so it's a different-looking midfield than what we'd seen uh, over the last couple of years. So it was really exciting to see um, these. You know, this this the ball movement was the focus. Uh, you know, there's nothing radical that's changed at Carlton, but it's the next layer I think of what we've seen from last year, the contested stuff, and then get the handball game going. I think now you'll see more aggression and more dare. And more, more, um, more, more corridor work from Carlton, uh, particularly off off half back in 2023. Been talking a bit about handball years. Brett Montgomery, you know, talked. Well, I asked him the question, and I asked a couple that have been on the show about this. You know, 10 or 15 metre handball out of stoppage, out of congestion, and we talk about the fact that those stoppages outside of the centre square bounce get ringed. So there's not a lot of room, but there's never been a lot of room for the inside kick at half back either. But teams are still biting it off and biting it off successfully to resurrect the way they moved the ball. So are we going to see that? It looked as if Geelong were working fairly diligently on handball yesterday when I was there, but they were only doing that kind of shortish drill session anyway. Um, do you think we'll get more forward handball, more 45-degree forward handball rather than the flick back out of the pack to the guy going backwards? Yeah, well, we touched on it the other day as well. I yeah. think most teams now are saying, go forward, get 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 going, you know. Not necessarily dump kick the ball forward. Um, but that I, mean, with, I think we're seeing teams now have a, a greater handle on the stand rule. The guy on the mark is really, he's not much of an impediment. If, if you can handle, you know, as you're saying, on that 45 or just through the line of the man on the mark, you can ignite quite quickly a, a really aggressive ball movement pattern um so teams now they're all using that so i'm looking for what what the next step is read the man on the mark how do you stop teams basically stepping around him um the the aggression with handball i think richmond have mastered that and they've challenged the competition to come with um so when you look at the giants it wouldn't wouldn't shock me that there's a there's a there's a bit of richmond about it given adam kingsley's history with damien harbick so It'll be exciting. We, we hope it, we hope the forward handball does come back because it just gives us such such daring play and, and high scoring. And heard from Brett Montgomery yesterday they're going to play Toby Green permanently forward. And if we do have Jordan DeGoey and Dustin Martin and Jake Stringer and we know what Bailey Fritz can do as a permanent forward, 
if all of a sudden you've got a heap of guys, and it'd be interesting to see what Richmond do, given they've got Hopper and Toronto, whether that means Martin plays forward more. Uh, what some of these guys could put together in terms of goal tally if they do get a full year on the 50 or inside it. Yeah, spot on. Oh, I think it's uh, it's really exciting for, for all footy fans to see Toby forward of centre. I think he kicked 45 goals in, in 2021, and, that, and that's, and that's you know, what, across 18 games. It's not even a full season. So, yeah. you know, get, get him back to that. I mean, there's very few players at his size, I think he's only 182 centimetres, that can contest it, Mark, that can finish like he does. He, he's, he's almost their centre-half forward. So I'm with you. I think if you've got a guy that can, you know, he could potentially be a 50-plus goal kicker. I think every year when we talk about who the most valuable forwards are in the game, his name is one of the first three or four that, that spring to mind. So why, why not maximise that? I think they'll give midfield opportunity to that next wave of talent coming through at GWS. They've got to satisfy them for midfield minutes. Um, it's no longer viable to, to play them on a half-forward flank or a half-back flank because you lose them when contract time comes up. So you've got to give them prime time midfield minutes to satisfy um, both of them in the short term and, and that they stay for the long term. Critical time before I let you go, Kingy, right now. You want to lift your intensity. You want to get some body on body, but you don't want to lose players to injury. How much has it changed the, the work rate of Feb over the course of the last decade? Yeah, well, most teams are, will go on a camp next week. Um, so it's just interesting talking to different clubs with a that's part of a, a you know a, a decreased load, if you like, or do they ramp it up with their running uh, whilst they're on these breaks? So each team has a different a different strategy and a different program. Um, what works and what fails, we really don't know until we see them in round one. Um, so everyone's got the, the perfect answer at the moment or the, the right model, uh, albeit they're different models, and we, we just sit back now and wait. I think that there is a level of basically... You know, put your hands over your eyes and cross your fingers or whatever you need to do as a coach and just hope for the best. I mean, injuries right now kill you um, for the start of the season, but still a bit of a way to go, uh, but a lot of luck required. And just about got the whole community pre-season game schedule across March 2-3-4 sort of, but I don't know where North or the Dogs or Melbourne or Richmond are playing. Are any of your spies been able to come up with a, with a where and when? Uh, now, I'm still not sure why we don't know who's playing who. Yeah. I, I think the Kangaroos are playing the Tigers. I'm not. I heard that uh, around the, okay. the around the traps, but and that may even be at Arden Street playing. So right. I, I just keep you keep you to the ground on that one. But um, yeah, we just have to wait until they until they uh, advise us. We are the fan after all. We are the we are the people that uh, <laughs> the AFL are working for. So the quicker we find out, the better. Yeah, I'm sure that they haven't been uh, afraid to trample on other sports headlines uh, in the past. So just the fact that the Australian <laughs> Open is going doesn't... I'm not sure why they aren't anyway. But anyway, maybe I'm, I've got too much interest in it because I, I'm like you. I can't wait to see them in action. Kingy, great to have you on. really appreciate your time. And uh, uh, thanks for doing this. It's a pleasure to have you on and the listeners love it. So thank you. Hey, good luck in Tassie. And, and if you can, just put it out there to our Tasmanian strong or our, Hobart, our Hobartians. If they can rank the restaurants, you should be going oh, yes. in order next week. God, yeah, I went to Fire Door in Sydney a couple of about when I was there for the Sydney test. Uh, if, you, if you're in Sydney, just drop past that one. They cook it all on open fire. Uh, the steak, the vegetables, the whole lot. Hey? It's got nothing on Hobart. Right. Well, give me a suggestion on the text. Uh, where should I go? 
I won't just save myself for the scallop pie. I'll go a little deeper than that into one of their best. Uh, it is a beautiful place, Hobart, I've got to say. Great to have you, Kingy. We'll talk soon. See you, pal. David King joining us. Um, yeah, so Dom, so just running through the games we know of, uh, according to what's come through on the text and from people uh, across that March 2-3-4 weekend, Hawthorne Collingwood, Dom reckons, is going to be one of the matchups. Um, we, I think we, we're having Adelaide and Port maybe go to the West, so one will play the West Coast and the other will play Frio. Uh, Sean Grigg told us that Geelong's playing Brisbane up in Brisbane. Uh, Lenny Hayes told us Essendon are hosting either St Kilda or Melbourne down at RSEA Park, which will be a ripper to get a good crowd in for that. Isaac Henney telling us that the Swans are hosting Carlton. Um, Tyler Brown telling us that Adelaide's off to the West. Uh, Brett Montgomery yesterday telling us that the Giants are hosting Gold Coast at Blacktown. So, yeah, still not sure about North Dogs, Melbourne and Richmond. But if Kingy's right and North are playing Richmond, then that would probably mean the Bulldogs would play a game against Melbourne uh, somewhere in Melbourne, you'd hope. Um, or maybe Ballarat. We'll take a break. More of your calls and your texts. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. And we do have a bottle of Starwood twofold double grain Australian whiskey. Thanks to Hairy Dogs Summer of Aussie Spirits to give away. Hairydog.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Keep your texts coming through. A couple that come through. Surely not Dogs v Demons. That's the round one clash. A few have sent that through to me as well. Uh, so thanks for that. Another one here. I doubt the Dogs in Melbourne will be playing practice match against each other when they face off in round one. Uh, Dom from Armstrong Creek. So we'll keep an eye on that, whether it might be uh, the other way around. Um, dogs in North and Melbourne um, playing someone else, uh, like it could be Essendon. Uh, surely, another one here. Um, Dwayne confirmed in the Ryan Daniels tweet, West Coast Adelaide Fremantle Port. So I got the Ryan Daniels tweet here from, what, 20 hours ago, uh, Friday, March 3. Ryan tells us West Coast Eagles Adelaide um, Mineral Reserve open to public. Thursday, March 2, Frio Dockers v Port, Frio Oval open to public. So, uh, yeah, a few of these are coming through now, so it's really only two games we don't know at the moment, which is nice to know. Um, a couple of other texts that have come through uh, on the restaurants in, in Hobart. Easy one for you, Dwayne. Rockwall Bar and Grill, owned by uh, beardless Gary Baker, ripper bloke, who was surprised I picked him out without knowing he was the owner, Paul, in Fitzroy North. Uh, thanks for that little tip as well. Um BBL. So there's two games today, if you're unaware. So we'll be talking some BBL shortly. Will the, can the Renegades win it? John O'Wells is about to join us after the break, but the Heat have won the bat flip and will bowl first. So two BBL games being played today. How about Hurricanes and Brisbane Heat? And then Melbourne Stars to play Sydney Thunder a little bit later on. So we'll keep you in touch with what's happening there and, of course, what's happening at the tennis Thanks to Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Daniel Rich also to join us after 2 o'clock, so plenty still to come on Dwayne's World. I like a lot of Aussie things, you know. Um, one of my favourite exorcists comes from Australia, Margot Robbie. I wish I can... Margot Robbie? Are you pitching right now? What, what's happening? Am I what? Pitching? Are you like... You know, making an, an offer? What are we seeing here? It would be nice to see you over there one day. 
He's been lively. Stefanos Tsitsipas, he's been great. He's got some charisma, some character. He's got some game. And he plays tomorrow night against Karen Kachanov. And it's going to be a ripper. Looking forward to that one as well. Uh, and, yeah, talking about Margot Robbie, the Aussie, the Aussie actress, superstar. Uh, it wasn't uh, the last movie. I saw Babylon a couple of days ago. Not great. A little bit overcooked and certainly overlong, I think. But I tell you what, saw the Guy Ritchie movie Operation Fortune yesterday. Enjoyed that thoroughly. But, uh, yeah, we'll see if Margot Robbie this time next week, this year is in uh, the players' area for Stefanos Sissipas. be great to have her back in Australia for an Australian Open. And let's hope Sissipas keeps winning because he keeps delivering at his post-game interviews. Bottle of Starwood, two-fold, double-grain Australian whiskey to give away. Thanks to Hairy Dog, summer of Aussie spirits still, hairydog.com.au. And uh, Jimmy Brings voucher. Jimmy Brings delivers wine, beer and spirits in minutes. Get Jimmy when you need a bevy. Plenty still to come. Daniel Rich after 2 o'clock. And we'll talk some Big Bash straight after this break with John O'Wells. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. We'll head back to your calls and your texts very shortly and keep you updated on what's happening in the BBL and the tennis. But let's talk some BBL. Renegades. Ran down the strikers with relative ease last night. John O'Wells was part of the team that ran them down, did a bit of the running late himself with 20 off 19, and he joins me for a chat. John uh, great to have you on the program. Firstly, thanks for your time. No problems at all. Looking good at the right end of the season. Yeah, it was a good win last night, and yeah, I guess you come into the, the start of the season uh, wanting to secure a place in the finals as your first goal, and uh, yeah, we've, we've done that, so... We sit back today and, and watch the results and see how it unfolds. Yeah, so you're sitting third at the moment. The top two we know are going to play each other, Scorchers and Sixers. That'll be in Perth. Um, but you get to sit back and have a little bit of a rest and a, and a watch on. Uh, the, the thought last night, it was an important win last night. And you were chasing what looked like with a tricky pitch and a couple of wickets was going to be tough for you. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was a tricky wicket, that's for sure. Um Probably a pretty good toss to win, and uh, yeah, tricky little target. But yeah, the skipper Aaron Finch was was outstanding again, and uh, saw us home, which was which was nice in a you know pretty high pressure game. We, we needed to win to secure that final spot, so there's plenty on the line. And there is an opportunity that some of the teams are going to lose key players because they're heading to India. So there is an opportunity. Everything almost starts even again come the finals. Uh, yeah, I haven't looked into it too much, but yeah, I think a couple of the, the big boys are around for, uh, you know, the first, first finals one. or whatever yeah. they play, and, and then they head off. So, yeah, it'll be, yeah, interesting to see, like I said, how it all unfolds uh, throughout today and, and who plays who. But, yeah, whoever we do play, we know it's going to be a tough game and, um, you know, the competition's pretty tight. There's obviously been a couple of standout teams in, in Perth and, and the Sixers, but... Um, yeah, anyone can beat anyone on their day. Do you prefer to chase? Um, oh, no real preference for me personally. Um, I was pretty happy to to chase last night. Uh, having a look at the wicket, we we thought it was going to be you know a tricky one and, and weren't quite sure how it was going to play. So um, in those in those scenarios, it's always nice to um, I guess have a look at have a look at how the pitch plays and assess the conditions and, and then obviously know what you need to do, but. Um, yeah, when you've got someone like Finchie playing the way he is at the moment, it's, um, 
yeah, when he's at the crease, it's it's all very calm. And you know, if he's there at the end, yeah, you're going to come out on top more often than not. You've changed teams a bit. I mean, having your experience and bringing that across, and at times this year, it's almost been invaluable because there's been times when you guys looked like you were going to break, and then all of a sudden you've held it together. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I guess you you do sort of learn through playing and and, and the experience, like you said, it's. It's about, I guess, not panicking and knowing that if you can take the game deep and, and have a couple of partnerships um, and you're there at the end, that you should get the job done. And and I thought Critch and Finchie played that, that beautifully last night. We were in a bit of trouble early with the bat and a couple of early wickets and the ball was doing a bit. And, um, yeah, it wasn't easy out there, but they, they soaked the pressure up and, and Finchie's done that, you know, on a number of occasions this year in some, in some chases. So... Like I said, when he's out there, there's just a calmness in the in the dugout, and um, yeah, obviously when I went out there last night, it was it was my job to to be there with him and, and see his home. You're not blue tacking those bales on you guys, are you? <laughs> no, they were not. Um, yeah, I did see that. Obviously, waiting but I was next to him at that time, and yeah, a little bit of fortune there, but um, yeah, you need a bit of luck in this game, and um, luckily we were on the right side of it. Can I take you down another track? You're a Tasmanian um, born, but you've you know been in many states and played in many states and for different franchises. You're a footballer as well, of pretty good note as a teen. What made you make the choice for cricket? Uh, I'm about five foot tall and didn't have the best tank. Was was probably against me for footy, but um, no, I just yeah. Uh, had a pretty good underage carnival, I think, in the under-17s. And, um, yeah, got offered a rookie contract um, pretty much off the back of that. So, yeah, having, you know, having an, a, a uh, contract offer for a rookie as a as a 17-year-old or whatever, it was, it was a pretty easy decision for me back then. And, um, yeah, sort of, yeah, been able to hang on ever since. Do you think it would have changed your mind a little if there was an AFL team in Tassie when you were younger as to which way you went? Oh, look, I don't, I don't think so. I think, like I said, I had the opportunity with cricket and um, I didn't have the opportunity with footy at that stage and I probably wasn't going to get it, to be honest. Um, but I loved footy growing up, definitely. Um, yeah, I loved my footy. And it was, yeah, it was a dream of mine to play for AFL as a youngster. But, um, yeah, it was a bit of a no-brainer for me. With, like I said, I'd probably wasn't going to make it at, with footy and, and had the, the rookie offer pretty early doors with, with cricket. So, um, yeah, it all sort of unfolded itself. Yeah, I'm heading down to Hobart on Monday. I'm just curious, as, as many Tasmanians as I get on to try and find out where they are at with this AFL licence and whether Hobart would be a good spot if they redevelop that whole Macquarie Point area and make it into a venue that can host a lot of sports, cricket included. Yeah, it'd be great. I think... Um, yeah, they've obviously been really keen to get a team down there for years, um, and I'm not sure exactly where it's at. But yeah, I've seen some some drawings and stuff for that stadium, and yeah, I, I mean, I hope it goes ahead. Personally, I think it'd be great for the state, and yeah, it'd be great for for sport in general. Great to have you on, John. I really appreciate your time at short notice. Uh, I know you're going to sit back and watch this afternoon unfold a couple of games, and I appreciate you slipping us in. So we'll talk soon. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for having me. John O'Wells joining us to talk some BBL. Uh, was superb with the bat again last night, closing it out. Four for 143, and then in response, um, well, seven wickets down for 142 in response 
the Renegades 4 for 143 with Finch 63, the biggest tally of the lot. Back to your calls after the break. 1-300-736-736 is the open line number. 1-300-736-736 if you'd like to join me. Send through a text as well. 0433981116. Uh, we've been talking about the pre-season competition and who's playing who uh, and uh, where these games are going to be played. Well, guess what? The AFL, I understand, have just released it in the last five minutes while I've been talking to Kingy. So we'll talk about that straight after the break and give you the latest. You with Dwayne's well. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. How about Hurricanes? The Brisbane Heat playing at the moment. Melbourne Stars and Sydney Thunder a little bit later on in the Big Bash. Hurricanes none for 20 in the third over. Jewel 17. Crawley is three. Nisa none for 16 from 1.3 overs. Just been hit for a four and a six off his first couple of deliveries. So the AFL have put out on their website an indicator as to who's playing who before the big one-off game format of community series games that are heading around. So uh, I'll read you the article um, so you can get an understanding of where your team might be playing and how you can get along to see them, perhaps. Um, So it says, before the games in the first week of March, uh, those games that we've talked about, um, Fremantle, Port, Hawthorne, Collingwood, um, Brisbane, Geelong, etc., teams will play their own format of games across February 23 and 24, and the article says Essen and under new coach Brad Scott is set to head north to play Gold Coast on the Suns training ground across from Metricon Stadium outside their club hall, uh, headquarters. Brisbane will face Sydney at Tramway Oval outside the SCG and is then expected to host a practice match at the Lions' new base the following week. Um, so there you go. The Lions will host a practice match at their new home base the following week. And that's against Geelong, that one, because Sean Grigg told us it would be against Geelong. Uh, four-time Premiership coach Alistair Clarkson will get his first proper look at North Melbourne when it plans to host Richmond at Arden Street. So Kingy was right. Uh, North Melbourne and Richmond will face off at Arden Street on that essentially last weekend in Feb. Uh, Ross Lyon will trial his new system for the first time in his return to St Kilda when Melbourne heads to RSEA Park while old rivals Carlton and Collingwood are in discussions about a scratch match at a venue to be determined. So we'll wait and see on that. Imagine Carlton and Collingwood coming to a local town near you. That'd be nice. Uh, Port Adelaide and Adelaide will both travel to Perth in late Feb for their scratch matches and are likely to stay on to play their official pre-season games the following week. So Fremantle set to host Adelaide in that club-organised game. West Coast hosting Port Adelaide in that club-organised game. And then they'll switch it around. Fremantle to host Port Adelaide. Uh, at Fremantle and uh, the West Coast to host Adelaide um, in that switch around for the Community Series game. Um, Greater Western Sydney will only play uh, one official pre-season practice match against the Gold Coast in Blacktown in March. So that's what Brett Montgomery was telling us yesterday, the Giants who host the Gold Coast at Blacktown. So you can lock that one in as well. It's official. The AFL website telling us that's happening. And the Western Bulldogs are on a community camp during this window and are only believed to be exploring an inter-club match at this stage ahead of the practice match the following week. Uh, the AFL is expected to confirm the fixtures for both the official pre-season matches and the club organised match simulations early next week when all details are finalised. There you go. That's the latest 
from the AFL at website. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you'd like to join me, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You an update from the Australian Open as well, thanks to the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Uh, earlier today, if you're unaware, uh, a good win earlier today by Magda Lynette knocking out Carolina Pliskova. So that's happened. Sabalenka playing Vekic at the moment in their first set, and it's three games all and juice. So Sabalenka, the fifth seed. So later today, Ben Shelton and Tommy Paul, the two unseated Americans, go head-to-head. And then tonight, massive match. Novak Djokovic, the fourth seed, and Andre Rublev, the fifth seed. So that's coming up later tonight on Rod Laver Arena and live on telly. Obviously, tomorrow, it's going to be uh, Rybakina and Azarenka and Stefanos Sissipas tomorrow night against Karen Kachanov. So that's the big one tomorrow night with Sissipas back on court. Jump on the line if you want to have a chat. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number. Still got a bottle of two-fold double grain Australian whiskey thanks to Hairy Dog's Summer of Aussie Spirits to give away. Hairydog.com.au. Daniel Rich to join us straight out at 2 o'clock. So we'll have a chat to Daniel Rich straight out at 2. Mentioned Hawthorne and they're playing Geelong down at the Katarina Scratch Match. So... Um, looking forward to the Cats hosting Hawthorne as well in a match that we don't know how long it's going to be, but probably a six-quarter game in that last weekend of Feb. Will Hawthorne have named their captain by then? Is it going to be James Sicily? Well, Sam Mitchell spoke about it yesterday. Here's what he had to say about the captaincy at Hawthorne. Um, I'm I'm pretty confident that there's a few options. I mean, it's obvious um, on the external that James Sicily is the big... Um, the old big obvious one, um, but certainly there's a lot of players who I wouldn't I wouldn't underestimate um, their influence on our group, and it's really difficult. You look at any football club from the outside, and you can't really tell. You see what they do on the field only, but it's such a small portion of of what happens. So I think what um, what you need to look at is the collective understanding of the group and the and the direction that we're going and what we need to take us on that next step for our journey. You have so much wisdom in a in a football club. So there's me as a head coach who. You know, technically could do it all, but I've got, you know, there's seven or eight coaches. Some guy like Chris Newman's on our coaching staff. He captained Richmond for, I think, four years. David Hale's obviously been at um, Frio and seen a lot of what they did. you got Cade Simpson, who's, you know, 380 games or something for Carlton. So he's seen all that process. So looking at what they've done and speaking with them, and, and that's just in the, you know, football department. There's all these people that have great leadership, understanding that's a, a bigger and so what we try to do is get that pull that share that meaning that we all have and pull it all together and come up with the best ideas and and really we talk about it with the players it's not a you choose it or we choose it we just discuss it together and um, it'll be a it'll be a discussion based forum and we'll we'll have a good chat about it as a playing group coaching group and and then we'll take it up take it up the chain from there Sam Mitchell so the Hawks heading down to GMHBA Stadium to play Geelong probably in a six quarter game we think against the Premier team in the comp right now. So that'll be a nice test for Sam Mitchell and his guys. Speaking of tests, uh, it's coming up. Together with Maccas, in the next hour, we're giving you and a mate the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test. India v Australia in Feb. All you have to do is be crowned the last fan standing. So each weekday in summer breakfast down on Dwayne's World, we'll give you 11 cricket questions. Answer correctly and you keep going. Incorrect and you're out. And we'll take the next caller and the last fan standing after the 11th question will have the chance to win on Monday, January 30, on breakfast. Everyone who's won across the last couple of weeks, including whoever wins on this program in the next hour, will have the chance to win 
facing another 11 questions on summer breakfast. And if you get the 11th question correct, you'll be crowned the last fan standing and win yourself. How about this? Flights for you animate to Delhi. Five nights, premium five-star accommodation, a sports lunch with the SEN commentary team, corporate hospitality at the cricket, and $1,000 spending money to go with it. All thanks to Maccas. John and I are on the line, but we've got news coming up, so you'll have to be a little quick. Uh, welcome to you, John. Great to have you back. Hi, Dwayne. Do you reckon, can you ever see Port Adelaide having as many, if not more, supporters than the Crows if they have a sustained run of success and the Crows sort of, you know, well out a little bit and whatever else and... Goodness knows what. Yeah, can you see that one day in the future? Maybe they'd have to win a couple of flags, John. I don't. I don't think you can do it without premierships. I mean, at the moment, Port Adelaide's the team that almost, but doesn't, and that needs to change. And they've had their opportunity, I think, in the last two years to overtake the Crows. The Crows have hit a speed hump. The Crows were the premier team in South Australia for, well, for a long time since they came into the competition, and you know, in some ways, they still are because they're a bigger club, they've got more members, and they've got one more flag. So I can't see Port Adelaide taking over from the Crows until they've got more premierships in the bank, John. Um, but you're yeah, all wooden spoon, too. They have, but I think in the overall reckoning, um, I reckon premierships count a little bit more than wooden spoons. I'd be happy to take a wooden spoon every fourth year if you then had a premiership every seventh year. Um, Port Adelaide, well, on the 18-team rotation... Uh, just to break even, you've got to win a flag every 18 years these days. And uh, Port Adelaide hasn't been able to do that. By the way, the Crows, in essence, haven't been able to do it for a while. But no, I can't see Port Adelaide taking over from the Crows until they've got you know three premierships to the Crows too. Great to have you call though, John. Always great to have you on. Talk more to footy after the break. Daniel Rich to join us from the Brisbane Lions. And the Hurricanes, one for 27 in the fifth over. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World and for Midday Matters. Thanks to all of you who sent through a text and have jumped on the phone, the open line, which is brought to us by Werribee Kia, 1300 736 736, that open line number. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. In the cricket, Hurricanes... Two for 29 after five. Right, six. McDermott, one. Two BBL games today. Hurricanes and Brisbane Heat happening at the moment. Melbourne Stars and the Sydney Thunder happening a little bit later on today. So we'll keep you in touch with what's happening there. And with what's happening at the Australian Open. Sabalenka leads 5-3 in the opening set against Vekic. So the fifth seed has been able to get the break. And we'll keep you in touch with the tennis. Thanks to Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering. Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. A couple of texts that have come through um, on the restaurants. Dwayne, the new Sydney Hotel in Hobart. Food's amazing, especially the steak. Everyone I have recommended the place to say it was amazing. Cheers, Stuart. Thanks for that. And another one here, Dwayne. Bowl and chain in Salamanca Place. Good steakhouse. And D'Angelo in Battery Point is the best Italian restaurant, Nicola from Hobart. So thanks for the tip. I appreciate it. Um, keep them coming through if you like. I'm not there for a week and a half. I'm just there for a day. But I am looking forward to doing or a day and a night uh, the show in Hobart uh, this coming Monday. So if you're in the general area, make sure you drop down and say hello. Steve in Lilydale before Daniel Rich joins us. Welcome to you, Steve. Great to have you on. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Dwayne. It's, uh, hope you're well. Hope you're well. It's nice to have you back. Uh, I just wanted to have a quick chat about poor old John from Port Augusta, if that's all right. 
Um, yeah. I, I feel a bit sorry for him thinking that the Port Power will ever be as big as Adelaide. Um, I mean, Adelaide are at the lowest they've ever been at the moment, and they're still averaging mm. more than um, than Port Power, both in membership and also in attendance. In fact, we were eighth on the ladder last year for for average attendance. Um, and when you think about about Port Power, I mean, when Adelaide Adelaide are at their lowest now, we've still got good attendance. When Port Power were at the same place in early 2012, they were covering half a stadium with tarps twine because of their disloyal supporters. So Adelaide has good loyal supporters, and that's why Port will always be the little team in Adelaide. Nicely rubbed in. What about if Port Adelaide go past Adelaide and win more flags, Steve? If the if the drought continues for Adelaide and Port Adelaide's wasted a couple of huge opportunities to win a flag in this little period of time. So um, with with Adelaide, as you mentioned, down a little more than they were early days, uh, they've wasted a huge opportunity not just to win a flag but to move past the Adelaide Crows in the state. But you're probably right. I mean, the way that they've allowed Adelaide to establish themselves even in hard times has meant that Port Adelaide might make it impossible for them to move past Adelaide because they're hard to win flags, Steve. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and Port Adelaide have proved that the last couple of years by choking in finals. But, but I think that the fact is is that Adelaide, um, Adelaide will always be the bigger club because we're, um, we're, we've, we've got good history, we've got good facilities, we've got loyal supporters, um, and Port Power will always struggle with those type of things. Yeah, I don't know about the, the choke in finals thing. How did you go in that grand final against Richmond a couple of years back, Steve? <laughs> yeah, we only lost by 48, Dwayne. We didn't lose by 119. In fact, no one's ever lost by 119, Dwayne. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, I appreciate your call. Uh, they did get demolished by Geelong in the grand final all those years ago as well. But it's a nice rivalry in Adelaide, you've got to say. So a uh, bit of fun there. Mark on the Limestone Coast wants to talk to Saints, I presume. Morning to you, Mark. Great to have you back. Yeah, cheers, mate. Um, I'd just like to make a, a prediction about a St Kilda player. Mm-hmm. You there, mate? Oh, yeah, we must have a bad line. Yep, far away. Um, I, believe, yep. I believe that um, Jack Billings, the much maligned Jack Billings, will have the best year of his career. Um, the reason I think so is a change of coach. I think Ross Lyon is the type of coach that the t- a type of personality like Jack Billings needs. Um, he's also recently got engaged, I believe. So everything is looking rosy in his personal life. And he's looking pretty fit. And I think that Jack Billings will live up to his, um, what was he, number three pick? Yeah. Half pick? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'll make a prediction. You can write that down and we'll see how we go All at right. the end of the year, hey? All right. Well, Jan 25. I mean, having Ross Lyon, it's one thing to win a flag, Mark. So obviously winning a flag is the end game for every coach. And if you don't win a flag, well, in the eyes of many, you haven't succeeded. And we're talking about Port Adelaide in that respect right now with Ken Hinckley. But getting improvement out of these guys, if you, if you don't do that either, then it's going to be a huge loss. That's what a lot of Saint fans are pinning their hope on, Mark. If, at least if you, if you improve and a lot of the guys that you've got that feel, you feel like they've plateaued or haven't kicked start to pop, in 2023, then that's going to give you something to go to the footy for every week, isn't it? Exactly right. And he is a quality player. And yeah. I just think that, that there are late bloomers. Like I think that Tom Stewart's a bit of a late bloomer yep. at Geelong. There are, there are all different types of personalities. When I was 26 years old, I was still carrying on like an idiot. You know, like there are 26-year-olds that are really mature. Yeah. And there are 26-year-olds that are actually 21-year-olds. So, and I think, you know, no, I'm not having a go at Jack. I mean, it's great to keep your youth. But I think that he's turning into a man now. And I think 
the next three years. He's underneath Ross Lyon, that style of coaching, that hard style of coaching. Watch out. I'm predicting he's going to have a huge year. Talk about put pressure on the guy, huh? <laughs> well, I'm thinking it's signing up as a Saints, but to be honest, I'm on the bandwagon, so um, I'm pretty excited about the fact that we've got a new, I think, contender and a must-watch team outside the eight that might, able to, might be able to uh, you know, break their way in, even though looking at the eight, it's hard to know who's going to be knocked out of it when you consider the Carlton's looking to get in, Port Adelaide's looking to get in, etc. But it's a pretty exciting season we've got coming, so... You know, why wouldn't you look at it glass half full? Great to have you on, Mark. Always good to have you call and hope you're a regular again in 2023. Thanks for jumping on. Daniel Rich is still a couple of minutes away. So it's quiz time. Jump on the line. one 736 736 We'll get your calls up right now for the last fan standing quiz. Last fan standing. Thanks to Mackers. Sabalenka winning the first set, by the way, 6-3. So the fifth seed has the first set in the bank. Jump on the line, one 300 And together with Maccas, we'll give you and a mate the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test, India v Australia. All you have to do is be crowned the last fan standing each weekday in summer breakfast. And Dwayne's World will give you 11 cricket questions. Answer correctly and you keep going. Incorrect and you're out. We'll take the next caller and the last fan standing after the 11th question. We'll have the chance to win on Monday, Jan 30. Everyone who's won across the last couple of weeks will have the chance to win with Summer Breakfast. Another 11 questions. And if you get the 11th question correct, you'll be crowned the last fan standing and win. Flights for you and a mate to Delhi. Five nights premium five-star accommodation. Attend a sports lunch with the SEN commentary team. Corporate hospitality at the cricket and $1,000 spending money to go with it. All thanks to Macca's. So let's get to it. Josh in Bentley, you're first up. Welcome to you, Josh. G'day, Pipe. You ready to roll? Yes, mate. Okay, here we go. How many runs did Ashton Agar score on his test debut in 2013? 98. Very well done. Uh, when was the last time Australia won a test series in India? 2004. Well played. Question three. Outside of Australian venues, which test venue has Australia played at the most times? Lords. Nicely done. Question four. True or false? Steve Smith. Steve Smith is the first player to hit centuries in consecutive BBL matches. True. Good try, Josh. You were going... On a nice run until then. Glenn in Melton. Welcome to you, Glenn. How are you, Pipes? Yeah, good to have you, Glenn. Um, all right, here we go. You've heard the question. I'll give it to you again. Question four. True or false? Steve Smith is the first player to hit centuries in consecutive BBL matches. False. It was pretty obviously false after the last answer. <laughs> it's incorrect. Nice work. What team, question five, did John Wells play for before transferring to the Melbourne Renegades. He was at the um, Adelaide team. That'll do. Uh, six, what, what piece of cricketing equipment is generally believed to have been burnt and placed inside the original Ashes urn? Stumps, cricket stumps. 
Uh, not sure we can give it to you on that. It has to be a little bit more specific. Do you want to have one more go, Glenn? Bales? That'll do. Uh, yeah, it had to be part of the stump, so you got that right. Question seven, the Sydney Thunder set a world record this season for the lowest score ever recorded in a T20 match. How many runs did they manage? Fifteen. Well done, Glenn. Question eight, who is the current leading run scorer in the Big Bash? Matty Short. Good get by you. I wouldn't have got that one. Um, question nine. Which Indian superstar has made 27 test centuries? Virat Kohli. Brilliantly done. Question 10. Here we go. Who won the 2011 Cricket World Cup? Sri Lanka. Nice try, Glenn. You nearly got there. Up to question 10. Dwayne on the roads in the box seat. Welcome to you, Dwayne. Hey, Dwayne. How are you, mate? I'm good, Dwayne. Great to have you on. Who won the 2011 Cricket World Cup? Uh, India. All right. Question 11. This is to be the last fan standing today. Who owns the highest individual World Cup score? Multiple choice. Ah, uh, it's question 11. I've got to let you go on your own here. Oh, let's go with uh, Ricky Ponting. Good try, Dwayne. Thanks for that. Joel in Rosebud. Welcome to you, Joel. How you going, Dwayne Pop? Yeah, good. Who owns the highest individual World Cup score? I can't believe I don't know this one. I'm going to say... Uh, Gilchrist. No idea. Thank you for that. Aaron in Broadmeadows. Welcome to you, Aaron. Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, I think it's Martin Guptill. Very nicely done. Came in late. Nailed it. Question 11. Congratulations to you, Aaron. Leave your details with us, but you are still in the running to win that magnificent prize. You and a mate heading to the second test, India v Australia in Feb. Thanks to Maccas. And be crowned last fan standing. You get that chance Monday, January 30. And it's not far away. Next Monday, you might be a chance to win flights for you. Animate to Delhi. Five nights premium five-star accommodation. Sport lunch with the SEN commentary team. Corporate hospitality at the cricket. And $1,000 spending money. All thanks to Maccas. We'll take a break. Great to have your company on Dwayne's work, by the way. Hoping Daniel Rich is going to join us after the break. Uh, he's not quite receiving our call at the moment, but hopefully is not far away. Sabalenka taking the first set against Vekic, six games to three, so has that first set in the bank and in the BBL. Keep you in touch with both the BBL and the tennis, thanks to the Kia All-Electric EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering. Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted, but in the BBL game between the Hobart Hurricanes and the Brisbane Heat, um, it's the Hurricanes batting first. They started pretty well, but they've lost a couple of quick wickets. Three for 41 in the ninth over. Right 15. And David Newman at the crease yet to get off the mark. You were Dwayne's well. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Daniel Rich has been good enough to join us. I think I've got him out of the boxing ring. Uh, he's 300 games bound the way his career 
is unfolding. He's got some all-time greats ahead of him, but not many of them. Simon Black, Marcus Ashcroft, Vossi, Luke Power, Nigel Lapham, but he moved past a couple of guns like Jason Ackermanis, Jonathan Brown last year, and he's been good enough to give me a couple of minutes of his time today. Welcome to you, Daniel. Great to have you on the program. No worries. Thanks for the introduction. Too kind. Who are you, you. Who are you fighting against? <laughs> oh, the younger guys are doing a bit of a off-leg boxing session, so I thought I'd jump in and, and try to get a bit younger, but no, it was good fun. We mix, mix and match a bit and get stuck into each other, so it was good fun. And you do, you host Geelong in a few weeks at your new facility, I understand, and a pre-season hit-out, so you get to test yourself in a couple of weeks against the best? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's always good when you know the games are rolling around. It means you're a little bit, little bit closer to less running and more footy, which is nice, but... Um, yeah, we played Geelong up here, and I think we uh, we've organised another game with with the Swans the week before. So the two grand final teams gives a a good run, and looking forward to that for sure. How is the new facility? Yeah, it's pretty special. I've uh, I've obviously coming into my fifteenth season. I played um, the, the previous fourteen. We've we've been at the Gabba and a few other venues, but uh, now we're basically locked into the one venue out here, Brighton Homes Arena, and. Mate, it's pretty special. The facilities are amazing. You, you rock up and everything, see everything you need. And um, the boys uh, probably don't realise how lucky they are. <laughs> so has it got like an indoor area as well so you can train out of the weather and train in private uh, if you don't want to train on the oval in front of prying eyes or when it's dumping rain? Yeah, there's a, there's a big kick room. Um, I think it's about 50 metres by about 40 metres. So it's nice and, nice and long. Um, not obviously AFL-sized ground, but... Uh, it, it allows you to do some proper skills um, out of the sun and out of the rain. You've got some good players coming into your team, Daniel, this year. Jack Gunston, uh, Josh Dunkley. You can tell me a little bit about how they're travelling. Connor McKenna also joining you. Yeah, we've done fantastic in terms of our, our trade and draft period. Um, pretty lucky to pick up guys like that, those guys you mentioned, along with um, Jasper Fletcher and Will Ashcroft, who... We picked up as father sons um, as well as shadow brain, so we've done we've done really well. They're training well. They're bringing a lot both on and off the field, and, and only going to be pretty handy additions to uh, to the team and the success of the team. Hopefully, moving forward, going to be a hard team to get into because yeah, I mean Gunston, Dunkley, McKenna, Ashcroft, they all kind of look like they might be ready to play round one. Yeah, it's a, it's a good problem to have, um, and I think you'll probably find that at the best teams in the comp. Most teams have that issue um, outside of outside of a, a bunch of injuries. You want to have guys knocking on the door and those tough uh, decisions come match committee time. But, um, yeah, it's a good problem. Eric Hipwood and Joe Danaher, how's their fitness as well? Because that knocked you around last year. Yeah, they're going well. Yeah, Eric's, uh, Eric's done the full pre-season. Joe's obviously had shoulder surgery uh, in the off-season, but he had that pretty, pretty much straight after the, the season last year. So he's... Pretty much at uh, full training potential now, and um, yeah, you can just see those guys have got that class for for their size, and are going to be, as we know, pretty uh, pretty tough to match up on. Did you have Levi Ashcroft at the club, Will's younger brother as well? So you got him coming through. How's he look? He uh, yeah, we're trying to keep him under wraps. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, he's yeah, he's a, he's a pretty good player. He he spent a week um, a week with us uh, a couple of weeks ago, and. Yeah, fitted in pretty seamlessly, but um, we'll keep that quiet, please, Dwayne. <laughs> Where's the improvement going to come? You don't need much. You've got personnel. Do you need to t- tinker with anything game style? I mean, we've always talked about your kicking as a team, so that's something, obviously. But uh, where do you think it could come? Yeah, I think you can always improve across the board. I think 
Um, the best teams, uh, the best defensive teams over the last few years have shown that um, they, they last longer in the season. That's just the facts. Um, Defence kind of goes a long way to, to winning premierships and winning those big games. So that's been definitely a focus, as I'm sure it has for every team. But um, there's always areas of your game. You've got to continually review things, whether it's week to week or season to season. And we've done that. And uh, hopefully it's going to put us in good stead heading out into 2023. So Marcus Adams is going to be unavailable due to concussion. You have added Darrod Joyce to your list as well, haven't you, who could be a, a, a defender as well? Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's a nice, big, strong, athletic boy and he's, he's fitted in pretty seamlessly, to be honest. He's obviously been in the system at the Saints prior to, to joining us, so um, he's been fantastic. He's obviously a key defender and I've got to spend a fair bit of time with him already, so um, he's going to be a handy addition. Captaincy? Any indication as to... Whether Dane retains it or you might change it up? Yeah, we've still got a, a few weeks until that's all, uh, all voted upon. Um, so, so time will tell with that one. Um, but the things are, all the guys who would be seen as, I suppose, potential candidates are, are training really well, are, are leading really well. So whoever does end up in that position is going to be super for our club. And, and those guys who are, who are right behind the, the potential or the, the future captain will, will be just as strong. So it, it's a good position to be in. What is the process? So you get a vote, do you? And then the football department decides whether they go with your numbers or how does it work? Yeah, pretty much like that. Yeah, players all do their voting and obviously the numbers get spat out. And then um, like every footy club, it's got to be approved by the, the, uh, the footy staff and, and all, all those uh, people within a footy club. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty standard process in terms of how it's done. But um, the biggest part is obviously the players vote in the, in the first place. I'm told Dane Zorko looks lighter, but I haven't seen him, so I'm just wondering if it's one of those pre-season beat-ups or it's actually true. No, no, it's another one I, I want to keep under wraps, but no, the little man, he's one of my good mates. He's, um, he's doing extremely well, and he's probably in, to be honest, nearly career-best shape. Um, he's, he's had one of those in, interrupted, I suppose the last two and a half, three years for him has been pretty interrupted with what's happened and what, what he's had to deal with with his body, but he's had continuity, he's He's just in, in ripping shape and, um, yeah, almost seems like he's 25 again, but um, I don't want to pump him up too much. He'll, uh, <laughs> his head will get too big. you got six Melbourne games as well. Old Lions fans get to see you in Melbourne at the MCG and Marvel Stadium, which is going to be nice for the old Fitzroy group. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's always nice uh, to be able to go down there and, and play for our, uh, our fans down in Melbourne. Um, they're massive and they're always there to support us. Um, they were huge in the in the games in the finals down there last season. Um, and obviously with our, with our kind of history and heritage of the footy club um, from the Fitzroy days, it, it, it's, we definitely have a strong base down there. So it was always nice to, to get down there and put the Fitzroy, uh, Fitzroy jumper on. And some big primetime games early in your season as well at home. You've got Melbourne round two at the Gabba on a Friday night. You've got the Dogs on a Thursday night in Mar- at Marvel. And then round four, you host Collingwood at the Gabba. So it's a pretty big primetime start. Yeah, it's nice. It's uh, it's what we all play for. We obviously play for, for playing finals and winning premierships, but um, it is nice throughout the year to play in those big games against good teams. I know uh, for a patcher in my career, I was always on the Sunday Arvo um, time slot, and uh, it's nice to, to be able to flip things a little bit on the back end of my, my career. So always looking forward to those games, definitely. Do teams still give nicknames to new recruits, or you don't do that anymore? I'm just curious as to what you're going with with Shadea Brain. <laughs> oh mate, it's uh, yeah. It's a, I'm sure the boys have got a few funny ones, but 
Um, at the moment, it's just yeah, Shadow or, or Brainy, pretty uh, pretty basic at the moment. But I think I think the name in itself is interesting enough, so we won't take it too much further. And who's going to kick your goals? Uh, is it going to be the improvement of Joe? Is it going to be Eric's breakout year again? He continues to you know get better and be that guy who threatens to be the best key forward in the comp. Is it going to be the addition of Jack Gunston? Charlie kicked, I think, more goals than anyone else for you, 54 last year. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one. It wouldn't surprise me if they all kicked all kicked 50, um, to be honest. It's, it's one of those forward lines where one might pop up one week and kick five and a couple might kick one or two and then the next week someone else does it, which is which is a good thing to have. Um, so, yeah, our forward line's pretty dangerous and I'm definitely glad they're on, uh, on my team, not someone else's. <laughs> and... Uh, in terms of condition, how did Connor McKenna turn up? He's been out of the system for a year back in Ireland. Yeah, he's um he's been good. He's uh he's definitely found it a little bit warmer up here, but he's loving it and he's uh, naturally a pretty fit kind of guy and came in pretty good shape. So he's obviously he's obviously done a fair bit of work uh, over in Ireland. Uh, I don't know if he was. I know his family uh, lives on a farm and he's got a bit of family in the farming area. So maybe he was uh, he was on the farm uh, running around and instead of jumping in the tractor, I'm not sure, but. Um, he's in good nick and he's obviously going to be a pretty handy addition. And how are you feeling? Uh, I won't mention your age, but uh, you mentioned how many years you've been in the system <laughs> now. It's a, it's always a, a, a timing issue for guys that are at your age. Oh, yeah. No, I'm 32, but I've pumped myself up feeling pretty good. I've had a nice solid pre-season and haven't missed uh, any sessions any sessions yet. So a little bit lighter than I was last year, which helps when you are, as you get older, you know how it is. So um, but looking forward to, to what's to come. It's a pretty exciting uh, stage where we are as a footy club. I'll let you get the gloves back on and get back in the ring. Daniel, <laughs> thanks for joining me. No worries. Thanks, Dwayne. See you, mate. Daniel Rich joining us from the Brisbane Lions. Brisbane Lions star, been one of their all-time greats, and uh, good to have him on. Need to take a break for some news. Come back with a few of your calls and your texts, and we'll also drop in to the tennis to give you an update as to what's happening there in the cricket in the BBL. Hurricanes 4 for 62. Wade now at the crease, so David out. Uh, Wade's 2, right 31. 4 for 63 in the 13th over against the Heat. Always love your company for Dwayne's World. Hurricanes 4 for 65 in the 14th over, mate. That 4 for 68 uh, with Wright pounding that one to the boundary for four. He's 37 from 41. Wade is three of six. Uh, Schwepson one for 14 up against the Heat. Plenty of tennis happening as we speak as well, and we'll check in on the tennis very shortly, thanks to the Kia all-electric EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. But an opportunity to take a call or two if you'd like to join me. Quick break. And one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line. Brought to us by Werribee Kia. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Michael Nisa has just put right down on 46, so the Hurricane's still 4 for 82, right 47. Wade is 6, that's after 15 overs, so it's not a big tally game being played in Launceston, so uh, conditions may be a little different and the pitch may be a little tougher than uh, most that are played on more regularly around the country. Great to have your company wherever you're listening to 
Dwayne's World, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number if you'd like to join us. We'll sneak a call or two in before we head off air. But Steph Miles has been Stephanie Miles has been good enough to join me in the bunker again at the Australian Open. Thanks to the great people at Kia, the all electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering. Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Welcome to you, Steph. Great to have you back. Thanks. It feels like it's been a month already, and yet we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bit of action in front of you at the moment. I suppose the earlier action was not a surprise to many who have been of the belief that Magda Lynette could do some big things here, and she's done some big things. Well, I don't know who those people are exactly, but right. I have to think that most people would have been pretty shocked by that result. And part of that, I mean, beyond the disparity in ranking and accomplishment, is the fact that Plushkova's game is tailor-made for the conditions this year. She hits a hard, flat ball. You know, it's the most effective ball on these courts with these you know, fluffy tennis balls. And she just did not show up the way she needed to today. That was more of a shocker, I think, mm. than Lynette playing well, because she's a good player. But Sabalenka's playing okay at the moment in front of you. Uh, exactly. I mean, Vekic is it's a little bit similar to a Lynette situation, and she's she's playing quite well. But Sabalenka is, uh, well, she was my pre-tournament pick anyways, and nothing that I've seen so far would dissuade me from making a late change in that prediction. Uh, Robert Keener as a ranker tomorrow, probably a later afternoon game. I'd presume, but uh, Azarenka's resurrection has been great. It's it's a great thing, you know, because when back when she was when she was winning her two Australian titles a decade ago, she was uh, I mean, you know, mostly she was she was known for the screeching grunt. She was a little bit cranky. It was sort of hard to sort of get behind her, uh, you know, as a fan. Uh, but with a decade and a little bit of life wearing her down, a little wisdom, a little more maturity, and of course, you know, people sort of rooting for the underdogs or the champions as they get a little bit older, I think the combination of all of those things makes her a rather sympathetic character and the fact that she's still out there having made a whole bunch of money and you know having and having a child and, and having a pretty good life off the court that she's still out there so hungry to still try to win matches well i guess it tells you how she got to where she got in the first place you know what i mean that doesn't yeah. just go away and it's actually great to see her i mean i feel as though her opponents don't necessarily take advantage of the weaknesses she has in terms of movement and i don't know if that's their coaches not picking up on it or what the deal is but i feel as though uh Rubakina is on a is on a track to 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 win this i wouldn't have picked her to start with but she's really playing some great tennis and as rank has had some late night matches and some some drama it could be the end of the road for her but you know what never count a champion out so speaking of champions novak djokovic uh tonight fourth seed v fifth seed so in terms of the seedings it doesn't look like there's going to be that much between he and andre rublev but uh we know that there often is a lot between djokovic and the rest well, exactly right. I mean, the thing about Djokovic is that, is that, and this is from memory, so don't quote me, but if he wins this tournament, he'll be back at number one. And look, he left 8,000 ranking points on the table last year with the tournaments that he was unable to travel to play from Australia, Indian Wells, Miami, uh, you know, uh, US Open, Canada, Cincinnati. These are a lot of big events that he could not play. So he is the number one, and obviously he's, he's playing like it. Uh, the one tiny wild card is 
the hamstring. And people talk a lot about it, and they're like, oh, well, look at the way he ran against Dimenor. There's obviously nothing wrong with him. Well, of course there's something wrong with him. And, and he's got the best people around him to treat and recover and sort of try to get it better. And he's gulping all these anti-inflammatories, <laughs> which, as we know, you know, Djokovic greatly respects the purity of what he puts into his body. So, so he doesn't like doing that. But he's one false move away from something. And as long as that doesn't happen, he's by far the class of the field. That's just really the, the only suspense involved in wondering whether he's going to be holding up the trophy on Sunday. I don't think there'd be too many upset if Stefanos Sissipas won the trophy either. He seems to have gathered a bit of momentum and a, a big fan base. There's a lot of Greeks in Australia and in Melbourne in general. But it seems as if he's the kind of guy that a lot of Australians is warm to anyway, regardless of where he's from. Yeah, well, certainly he has a big fan base here, and that's always been true. And the, mat the, the crowds that have been out for his doubles matches, too, with his brother Petros, it's been off the charts. It's been rock star territory for him. And last night he just he sort of started his, his campaign to make sure that if he does get to the final <laughs> against Djokovic, that he's really going to work on getting the crowd support, you know, majoritarily onto his side, talking about how, you know, this is like a second home and how at home he feels here and how he would donate all his prize money to build a school in Victoria because I guess someone told him Victoria was the education <laughs> state. So then he's like, okay, I'm going to run with that a little bit. And it was funny. I wanted to look over to the box and see what his father, Apostolus, thought of, of his son saying, well, yeah, I'm just going to donate two million bucks to you guys, you know, without probably right off the top of his head. So, so I'll tell you what, if if it does end up being a Tsitsipas Djokovic final, I think it could be really bonkers because Tsitsipas is a good enough player to win a Grand Slam. He hasn't. He's sort of flinched at the end and, you know, he's been in a tough era, but he's playing very composed, very championship like tennis so far. So that would be a great outcome on the men's side. What do you think? Oh, well, I agree. I think the tournament almost needs a big pop at the end. I think it would be great to have that that must watch you know four or five setter with full of drama and it's not played after midnight and finishing at four in the morning so no I'm all for that happening but in the meantime there's a couple of Americans that are going to front up later on this afternoon that believe they can be a chance to maybe be the big story out of this even though they're both unseated well, they can believe it if they want to. And, and certainly <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit unfortunate that the American guys have had such a great tournament here because not only as, does a lot of it take place in the middle of the night back at home, but but the uh, the network that carries the Australian Open back in the U.S. is tending to put most of the stuff online, and it's mm. you know it's a little bit hard to find. So that's really too bad. But what's great for the American tennis, and you know, in my opinion, they need you know tennis needs to have America, the U.S. back as a market because it's a huge market, you know, with a lot of sway. And so they've got a whole bunch of guys within three four years of each other, uh, and two of them are Ben Shelton, who's come up out of nowhere for those who aren't necessarily familiar with him but has huge game and not just stereotypical American servant forehand game you know what I mean he's got an all-around game he likes to come to the net he serves bombs he's a strong big muscular kid and right now he's just full of energy and excitement because this is the first time he's ever even been on a plane outside the U.S. which is crazy but yeah. you know but true and so and Tommy Paul is a little bit of a late bloomer he's in the same generation as uh, Riley Opelka and um 
uh, you know, and a few and Taylor Fritz and guys of that nature. And he had a few things to straighten out and had to get a little bit serious about things. But you know, he, not only is he a good player, but he's fast as lightning. And when you're fast as lightning and you can catch up to a lot of power shots, you can make your opponent make errors. So, you know, all of which to say, I don't really care who wins, but but mm. I really hope that it's just a really good tennis match and that it opens some eyes back at home. So what has been the biggest story to come from the Open so far, do you think? Well, it's been a really crazy, strange one, hasn't it? Mm, you know, yeah. I, I think probably probably it's a combination of a lot of sort of smaller stories. I mean, yeah. earlier on, obviously, it was Andy Murray. Uh, and, and, you know, that still probably makes your top five even now. The second thing is just all of the upsets, especially on the women's side, where this tournament is just wide open to be, to be won, and so many players just don't seem to want to grab those opportunities, you know? So, so on the women's side, the tournament's a bit attritional, but, uh, but certainly, you know, every, every, every Grand Slam has a whole bunch of stories and Djokovic, his hamstring, his return, the way he's playing, all of those things probably are the, the top story that, you know, that, that bests all others, mostly because it's going to, it's the longest lasting one. It's going to last the whole two weeks. Yeah, and uh, it's sort of the finite end to it right now is that he might end up getting that grand slam to add to his tally and we can't help even those that don't like him admit that he might be the greatest player that's ever played by the time he starts racking them up in the next couple of years with a couple of guys falling by the wayside like Rafael Nadal. Hey, Steph, great to have you on. Always good to be able to pick your brain and have a, a lengthy chat. Thanks for jumping down in the dugout for us and thanks for being part of our coverage over a couple of weeks of tennis. Hey, thanks. My pleasure. I mean, meanwhile, Roger Federer is at Paris Fashion Week. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is this is where we are with men's <laughs> tennis these days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, that's the big stage they're on, and he's going to keep making a lot of money even if he doesn't pick a racket up for a while. Yep. Steph Miles joining us from the bunker at the Australian Open. Thanks to the Kia All-Electric EV6 GT Supercar, a pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. And if you are in the market for a new Kia, Make sure you drop down and see the team at Werribee Kia or your local Kia dealership. But if you head down to Werribee, if you're in the vicinity, David, Janan, Aid, Jim, the whole team at Werribee Kia, they would love to see you. Back to wrap it all up straight after the break. By the way, Sabalenka not far away from wrapping it all up against Vekic. 6-3 and 5-1 in the second set. She leads, even though it does look like Vekic might hold serve and make it 5-2. You with Dwayneswell. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. It's been a pleasure to have your company for Dwayne's World today. Thanks to all of you who took the time to send through a text on that 40 Winks Temper text machine, number 0433981116. Consumer's Choice winner temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. Put that number in your phone and I'm back tomorrow for Midday Madness, but with a twist tomorrow. So it's... 10 o'clock madness tomorrow. I'm on from 10 o'clock. So 10 to 1 tomorrow. I'm having 19 hours off. So if you want to join me for 10 o'clock madness tomorrow, then please join me for 10 o'clock madness tomorrow through until 1. Uh, and take plenty of your calls, read plenty of your texts. It's all there on the podcast. If you want to download any of what we've done today, all of the interviews we've had today, including that with Daniel Richards there on the podcast individually, or you can download the whole show and have a listen to the entire program in your own free time. We'll keep you in touch with what's happening in the cricket on SEN this afternoon, but the Hurricanes hoping to put up, up a score of 
130-odd, but at the moment they're struggling a bit. Six for 110 after 18 overs. So two overs left, six for 110. For him, eight. Paris is for the last man out, right for 56 off 56 deliveries. So uh, the run chase shouldn't be that difficult, although the pitch is a little difficult in some respects for the Brisbane Heat later on today against the Hobart Hurricanes. Melbourne Stars still to play later today as well against the Sydney Thunder. So the last two Big Bash preliminary games before the final start being played today with no Big Bash tomorrow in the tennis. Been keeping you in touch with what's happening there. Thanks to Kia. Well, uh, we've been talking a little bit about the fighting spirit of Donna Vekic, but um, about uh, Donna Vekic, but at the moment, Arena Sabalenka looks like she's just about to win this match as I'm speaking, as we're wrapping it all up. Um, not far away from the final point. In fact, advantage Vekic. So she might be a chance to break back on Sabalenka here. Sabalenka taking the first 6-3. It's now 5-2 and Vekic fighting back in this set. So we might have to stay that with that one for a little while longer. Please join me tomorrow. Coming up next, driver Cam Luke, Adam McCurney, Adam Peacock, Corey Homicide-Williams, plenty more. But I'll catch you tomorrow at 10.